my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a fantastic weekend. I know I did. Um, Great show for you. Uh, This morning, I was joined by my friend Ian Hayworth, and you guys already know what we're talking about. Um, After 49 years and over 63 million um, dead children, uh, the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. States are now free to make their own abortion laws. Uh, Ian and I talk about how we got here, um, who deserves the credit. And what comes next? Uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, guys, before I get to Ian, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys, we're here at the great Ian Hayworth. Ian, my brother, I had a pretty great weekend, man. How about you? I know. What a weekend. It feels good to win every now and again, doesn't it? I, I Maybe it's because I'm a libertarian, man, but I, I'm just not used to stuff working out. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. Like, I, I truly don't know how to handle it. You know, it's such an odd feeling when something actually goes right in the world of politics. But for anybody who uh, was in a coma... Uh, since Friday, uh, Roe v. Wade is dead after 49 years and the deaths of over 60 million innocent children. Uh, the Supreme Court has overturned what was probably the worst judicial mistake in history. Um, the states are now free to make their own abortion laws. Um, man, a lot of prayer um, and a lot of hard work went into this over the last five decades. So I hope uh, I hope you and everybody back home took a little bit uh, of time this weekend to celebrate. I think it's just the, the biggest thing for me is the scale of what Roe versus Wade represented. Like, it's very easy to get sucked into the kind of more intellectual, ideological position of arguing in favor or against. 63 million unborn babies were murdered since Roe v. Wade decision in 1973. Like, that's an unimaginable number of people. It, it's simply impossible to factor that into real terms beyond a number. Wonderful that it's been changed, but we also need to realize that this is the first step in in many. There are other states right now. There are 20 states that are going to expand abortion access, as they call it. Uh, this has to be the start, not the end. But we do have to, as you say, take a moment and celebrate the good moments because we don't get many of them. Yeah. And I mean, this obviously goes in terms of setting precedent, goes beyond even the abortion issue. I mean, it, it's not like you—I can't really think of an issue more important than uh, stopping the, the slaughter of millions of innocent people. Um, but, I mean, th- this obviously returns us onto a path back towards more federalism, letting states uh, govern as they see fit. I mean, obviously, that's—I I mean, if we're going to save this republic, that's going to be the way to do it. I mean, there's just no way an overreaching federal government can make Texans live like Californians and Californians live like Texans. I mean, that's just a recipe for civil war. So, like, uh, maybe this decision can lead us down a path that could avoid something catastrophic like that. I mean, this decision could be that important um, when we look back on it. Um, But, man, like, the craziest thing, and I I was just laughing. I was, I I don't know how emotional you got, but I I wasn't anticipating getting emotional. Um, 
reading this opinion on Friday, but I, I definitely was. And then I started laughing because they told us for years. I mean, <laughs> just the, the line for years. Just just vote for the Republican, right? Just vote for the Republican, even if you don't like them, because they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade, right? They'll, they'll vote. The senators will vote for the right nominees. You know, the the a Republican president will not will will put up the the right nominees for for SCOTUS. And it never happens, right? They, they, these campaign promises are just worn out. They're old, and it. But it worked. It worked. Like exactly what all these morons campaign on. Vote for me. I'll overturn Roe v. Wade. You know what I mean? Everybody's like rolling their eyes. No, you won't. Never gonna happen. You know, it's settled law. I. I they actually did it. The, the, the GOP actually pulled it off. Honestly, I mean, they, I. I hope I'm not just telling on my own lack of faith here, but like. I, I didn't think we were ever going to see this day. I mean, I, in our lifetimes, honestly, I didn't. I never thought Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned. Um, so, I mean, b- until the the Dobbs draft leak a couple months ago, obviously. But before that, before say two months ago, Ian, did you think that this was going to happen this year or this decade or or at all? Uh, no, I didn't. I I think it's pretty incredible that we actually made such a monumental uh, move forward. I also think that there are, there are a lot of people in the sort of national level GOP who are taking credit for this. And a lot of this has nothing to do with them. A lot of this is obviously having a judicial branch, especially in the Supreme Court, that has the guts to actually make these decisions and do what their job is, which is to follow the Constitution on a very, very high level. But there's also a lot of state level and local level efforts being made to end abortion. Like I know people in multiple states who are working every day to close down abortion clinics to do the actual hard work on the ground. And I think we need to give credit where credit is due, but also remember that there are people fighting this fight with the actual goal of ending abortion. And then I think there are a lot of people on the national level who like just to run on this as an endless problem that they promise to solve without ever actually thinking it's going to be solved. Like now the next step is what are they going to run on? Because like one of their big promises is going to be gone. Obviously they're going to be talking about protecting gun rights, but every week that that passes, I lose faith in national level politicians i think a lot of the actual progress is going to be made on the local and state level and so amazing that it happened kudos to the uh, the justices who actually made this decision putting their lives at risk by the way yeah, just yeah. amazing amazing yeah. stuff yeah um it definitely took stones man and uh, i mean this this decision it goes back to february 2016 in the the untimely death of the late great antonin scalia um it was the middle of the primaries um, Republicans, I mean, we didn't know who the nominee was going to be at that point. Republicans were looking like whoever was going to be the nominee uh, was just going to get shellacked by Hillary Clinton. Um, th- there really wasn't a lot of hope um, it, for the 2016 election at that point. And old Mitch McConnell, who I who I just trash constantly, deservedly so, <laughs> um, he orchestrates the greatest gambit in American political history, and I mean that. Credit where credit's due. He saw an opportunity, maybe the only thing that could have gotten Republicans out to vote that year, and he refused to hold a vote on Obama's pick, Merrick Garland. Mm-hmm. Um, he told Republic- Republicans to get out and vote so a Republican president can can select the next next justice, and a Republican Senate can approve it. Trump wins the primary. People go out and vote. He wins the general. He appoints three Supreme Court justices in four years, and and now Trump, McConnell, and the GOP, they can rightfully say promises made, promises kept. You know what I mean? And obviously you're totally yep. right. Like the, the grassroots act, activism on the state level is is the most important part. But when it, going back to McConnell's gambit, man, they can say it. I mean, this is this is on Trump. Trump made it happen. McConnell made it happen. The GOP made it happen. 
with the get out the vote efforts, it actually worked. You know, they they actually pulled it off. And the timing is just so fascinating, man. Like Roe v. Wade died during the most radically pro-abortion regime in American history, probably <laughs> world history, outside of the Chinese Communist Party and their forced abortions. This regime, the Biden regime, is probably the most pro-abortion administration in the history of the world. And this is when Roe v. Wade is overturned. And, and the Democrats control both houses of Congress. You know, just the, the, the timing is is incredible. And, I mean, obviously, as a believer, as a Christian, I see the hand of God at work in all of these things. And to quote the Blues Brothers, the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> but, I mean, using this this Hail Mary, when it looked, in February 2016, I mean, it was a Hail Mary, man. But and back then, we still thought, like, Jeb Bush was going to be the nominee, right? Yeah. And just get blown out by Clinton or Bernie or whoever. And, man, I mean, just, I don't know what the likelihood of success was. You know, <laughs> like, you know how they have uh, all these next-gen stats in the NFL now? It's like, oh, this this pass to the, the back shoulder was a, only a 24% chance of getting caught. It's like, I wonder what the, like, what were our odds? <laughs> like, I, you know, Mitch McConnell was sitting there, never tell me the odds, you know what I mean? Because I don't think the odds were great. But thank God it worked. I mean, just this once, brother, this once, yep. things just worked out. It really shows that politics is more than just choosing whoever you want to be your king or queen that year. I think people, especially on the left, are obsessed with controlling Congress, controlling the White House, as if that gets everything yeah. done. And the beauty of the American system, especially with the Supreme Court and the Constitution, is that it goes deeper than just the <laughs> the rancid narcissist who happens to be in the White House that year. Like There are actually American principles that outlive the person who's voted in. Yeah. If we lived in any other country... America would be, well, if we lived like any other country, rather, America would be lost. Like, I think people need to realize just how monumentally impactful things like the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Supreme Court are in terms of having your system. In Canada, for example, Trudeau was complaining about the fact that <laughs> Americans are making it harder to murder the unborn. He just took gun rights away from people with just the flick of a wrist with a pen. Yeah. Like, we are incredibly lucky to live where we live just because the kind of rights that are protected in our system is truly unique across the world i think people really need to wake up to that fact beyond just abortion alone what's just so funny is everyone looks at it like it's a bad thing you had all these european leaders coming out and complaining even though their countries have more restrictive abortion rights than most states in the united states yeah they're all complaining about it it's all based on complete ignorance of how amazing the united states is yeah, I mean that's absolutely correct. You saw, <laughs> you saw this morning. I don't know if you saw the clip, Ian, but uh, Boris Johnson uh, defending America to Jake Tapper. <laughs> that was, that's, that's a weird great. mix. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the foreign leader defending the United States to an American journalist was was pretty rich. But <laughs> I mean, it's decades and decades of conservatives play, conservatives playing the judicial long game, right? Yeah. And it's like. Man, it never, not for one second did it look like it was actually going to work out. How many justice, justices have Republican presidents got wrong? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was who, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a H.W. Bush nominee, wasn't she? Or was she Clinton? I'm looking up right now. I don't know that far back. But, you know, Justice Kennedy, you know, like all these guys, it just these justices that never worked out. They kept yeah, RBG was Clinton. Oh, was, it, was she Clinton? Okay. Um, it just seems like she was on the court forever, longer <laughs> but, than she really was. But, I mean, between decades of conservatives just banging their heads against the walls, playing the judicial long game, and because of a Republican president who was pro-choice his entire life until he ran for president. 
You know, it's like, it's just, historians are going to look back on this like, wow, like what a bizarre series of events. I mean, and there's something poetic too, mm-hmm. uh, and, and tragic even, um, about Antonin Scalia, who was obviously uh, pro-life and, and wanted to overturn Roe v. Wade his entire career. And, and his death is what set all of this into motion. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it, but, you know, there is something poetic about that, I think. And, you know, it's like, I, I'm still a little, like, I had all weekend, <laughs> but I'm st- I feel like I still haven't collected my thoughts uh, over, over just everything we, we've seen. You know, it is, it's such a, a bizarre series of events that led us to where we are right now. What's What I'm most concerned about is that I think a lot of people are going to take their foot off the accelerator with this. I think conservatives aren't used to winning. This is a a massive win, like a a once-in-a-generation win, probably more so. People are going to react to this. Everything in politics has a reaction. And the left, if you thought they were crazy now, are going to be even worse. There's going to be people calling for abortion up until the point of birth as national policy. You're going to be talking about people almost mid-birth, post-birth, like allowing babies to die if you don't want them. I know that sounds like hyperbole. These are things that actually happen in the United States in radical pro-abortion areas. We are going to see the really their true colors come out, and I think it's up to the conservative movement to see this as a first step and think about what's next. Like, How are we going to continue the pro-life movement? Because it's not enough. Like, We owe it to the millions of babies who are going to be killed in the future in places like California, New York, Illinois. We owe it to them to keep fighting. It's not enough just to say you can go to Texas and Florida and not be killed if you're a baby. It cannot be down to luck of where your mother happens to be as to whether or not you live or die. Yeah, don't get comfortable. Resist the urge to get comfortable. Um, yes. Now is definitely not the time to take your foot off the gas. Um, and obviously not their their tactics or their behavior or their, their policies, but you can take uh, people on the right can, can learn a lesson from the Democrats. They don't celebrate anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they win most of the time, 99% of the time, uh, and anytime they do, they're just complaining that like everybody's not trans yet. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? It's like they're, yep. it's like every there's nothing's ever enough for these people. Uh, I think we could use a little dose of that on the right. Um, but man, what we did, what we saw over the weekend from the left um, was truly disturbing. I mean, the, the Democrats, a lot of these people, not the Democrats generally, but the the abortion enthusiasts, let's call them. Um, they they truly, it's like these people view abortion as a human sacrifice to their god of leftism. I mean, like calling these people unhinged, like unhinged, doesn't begin to describe what we've seen from the left over this weekend. Um, some truly sickening stuff. I mean, they they fire they're firebombing crisis pregnancy centers. They're burning churches. Um, the demonstrations, what you saw at these demonstrations, was was truly disturbing. Um, these people do not care about women's rights or about the Constitution or anything like that. They just they love abortion. They view it as a as a good, as a net positive, and they will stop at nothing to continue killing their babies. Um, and I mean, what what I kept thinking, what I kept going back to watching these protests over the weekend. I mean, for as much as they they talk about how much they hate us for believing the Bible, they are behaving in a much more religious manner than we are. Well, it's the religion of self, isn't it, of doing all that you can to protect your own interests with no view for the fundamental rights of others. It's the logical extreme of you matter more than anyone else. You are what is important in this world. And if you, as the result of your decisions in 99% of all pregnancies, become pregnant, then that shouldn't stand in the way of worshipping yourself. I think the worst image for me from all of the insane protests we saw this weekend were the pregnant mothers and the mothers who brought their babies and toddlers and children to these things. Yeah. The fact that you can give birth to a human being that you presumably love, 
you know what's going on on there. It's not like a man who's trying to suck up to women by saying he's pro-choice or a young woman who hasn't had a baby yet who just wants to act in however she wants to act for whatever reason she's giving. If you are a mother and you have given birth to a human being, you know exactly what abortion is. There is no shred of doubt as to what is going on inside your body if you're pregnant. For them to still hold up a sign and say, and calling for the murder of what they know to be a child is just the height of evil. It's very hard for me to imagine something worse. It's, these people, I, I have to imagine every single one of them will look back at this behavior and realize how wicked it is. Um, I mean, it's like selling your birthright for a bowl of soup. You know, like they're selling their souls for clout on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like they're just, they're behaving in this barbaric, just, I mean, I hate to say demonic, but demonic manner. Um, just because they know it'll be popular on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, it is... It's truly deranged. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the the image that kept going around all weekend was the, the, the woman who appeared to be about nine months pregnant with not yet human written on mm-hmm. her, her stomach. And you're like, man, the, these people. And, and one thing, I, I, I want to push back. Look, I, I want to change gears here just briefly. Um, I'm not going to criticize anybody on the right um, for celebrating this decision. We should celebrate. Um, there's nothing wrong with, with taking a victory lap. There's nothing wrong with, with celebrating um, because this is the, the probably the biggest political victory we've had in our lifetimes. Um, but I, I have to push back on people on the right, just going, you know, they're on Twitter just calling these women whores all the time and, and, and all of this. And it's like, mm-hmm. look, I, I mean, I, I know people who have had abortions. One of my close friends has, has had an abortion. I mean, like, you just have to love people, man. You can't, you can't, you just have to, you're, you're not going to win any hearts and minds by, by calling people whores. I mean, you have to, you have to treat people with love and respect, even if they don't treat you with love and respect. Um, so try to, you know, keep yourselves under control. If, if, you know, if you're a, if you're a Christian, if you're a religious person, remember what the Bible says about, about your enemies, how you should treat them. Um, so I, I do think on the right, people got a little out of hand here, but, um, I, 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 did not expect. I mean, I expected wickedness from the left. I expected some of the most disturbing images I've ever seen, but they still exceeded all expectations. I mean, they 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 went above and beyond what I thought even they were capable of. Um, man, I mean, like I like I, I clicked on libs of TikTok's Twitter page for like five seconds this morning, and that was a mistake. You know, I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't handle. It. I I do not need this in my life right now. I mean, these people. Um, Man, it is. It, it, they are demonstrating cult-like behavior. So I, I do expect violence. I do expect assassination attempts. I do expect stuff like that because I mean, it, it's we can't just call these people unhinged anymore. It's much, much worse than that. Well, if you're willing to suck an unborn baby out into the sink, you're probably willing to resort to other acts of violence to get what you want, and that those are the people we're dealing with. But I want to go back to what you were saying. I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of how Christians, but also just conservatives generally should be responding to this, is that we need to return empathy and compassion to this dis- uh, this discussion. Yep. Because the left have a monopoly on claiming to be empathetic, claiming to be compassionate. Their response to compassion is let the woman kill the baby. There are alternatives there. It's community-based support for people. It's information. It's charity. It's improving adoption services, which in the United States are just appallingly bad. It's so difficult to actually adopt a baby who needs a loving home. 
there's so many areas that conservatives need to be entering. It's not enough just to say, okay, well, abortion is is not allowed anymore. Dust off our hands and walk off. I think conservatives do that with a whole host of social issues that make it very easy for the left to dominate the compassion side of the debate. And I think it's anti-abortion is compassionate as long as it's also partnered with what is the plan for when the baby is born. I'm not calling for massive levels of social support and giving everyone cash and all the kind of things that they do in leftist countries across the world. But it can be on a societal level, on a community level, just the idea that you're not alone, that there are people out there, there are Christian groups, there are Jewish groups, there are other religious organizations who want to either adopt babies or provide support, even providing information. There's more that we can do than just banning the bad stuff and walking off. I think we need to be walking away from this almost ruthless individualism of take responsibility for yourself, that's it. It's like, well, some people need to be helped to get reach a situation where they can take responsibility. And I think we need to be re- uh, meeting those people in the middle and showing that conservatives are compassionate. I think that's the key thing. 100%. 100%. I mean, I, I'm an anarchist. I don't believe the government has the right to exist, but that does not mean I don't want people being taken care of. I mean, we give a lot of money to our church because they provide a lot of services for the community. You know, like we, we donate to local charities charities and the, the local pregnancy center in Toledo here and stuff like that. Um, you know, just because we don't want the government d- doing something doesn't mean that we don't want yep. that service to be provided. My goodness, you know what I mean? It's like, just because I don't believe in Social Security doesn't mean I want old people to starve to death. Like, my, my goodness, I want other, I want the private sector to take care of those people. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right there. You're absolutely correct. Um, but man, like, going back to just how shocking of a victory this is, I haven't read the opinion yet. It just came out like 10 minutes before we started recording. Um, but another Supreme Court win this morning on religious liberty, the court sided with the, uh, the I forget the gentleman's name, but the football coach who was under attack for praying mm-hmm. after games. So a big win for religious liberty. Um, last Thursday, uh, the court struck down New York's anti-concealed carry law. Um, those laws are now going to be struck down in other states. I mean, they're going to they're gonna look at New Jersey, California, Illinois next. Uh, in, a, in a year or two, you know, tens of millions of Americans will have regained their God-given right to defend themselves. Um, also, this got buried on, on Friday afternoon, obviously, with the big Roe v. Wade news. But the Arizona legislature passed the most sweeping school choice law in history. Uh, Arizona parents can now use state funds to send their kids to whatever school they choose. You know, charter schools, private schools, religious schools, doesn't matter. They can send their kids wherever they want, in or out of their district, doesn't matter. Um, I mean, there's been some dark days, man. I mean, like, we are in a recession. I know people are saying, will we or won't we? Oh, we were in one. (laughs) If you're paying six bucks a gallon for gas and you can't afford food, you're in a recession. I'm sorry. It's hard to break it to you. (laughs) But I get it. I I get that that Biden's regime has been a disgusting, authoritarian nightmare. Um, But, man, these are massive wins. I mean, this school choice law is going to—I really think that could be the next huge conservative win or right-wing win um, sweeping the country. Obviously, the concealed carry law, uh, fantastic news. I mean, you're talking about poor people. You're talking about minorities in New York City who are just subject to, to violence, to gang violence. There's nothing they can do to protect their families, and now they can. I mean, this is these are massive injustices being corrected. And I don't think we've had, like, a week like this since, like, Warren Harding's ele- election in 1920. Like, I, I don't think the right has had these victories this important since the 1920s under Harding and then later Coolidge. 
I mean, I think this is the best week in over a hundred years for liberty, for common sense. I mean, am I wrong? I'm, I'm trying to think of anything that would come close, but I, I mean, this is. I mean, I think we might look <laughs> might look at you know June 2022 as like the good old days, you know, <laughs> one of these days. You know, I, I really think I don't even know if we appreciate the gravity of what we're seeing unfold right now. Well, I think what's so amazing is that we're achieving all of these victories while we have a Democrat in the White House who has no control over his own mouth, let alone his own policies. Yeah. And the Democrats control both the Senate and the House of Representatives. It just shows, again, that there are other ways to achieve victory. And instead of pouring all of our faith into just the latest person running for Congress who just says, oh, I'm loyal to Trump, I'm not loyal to Trump, all of this nonsense— there are ways to achieve actual victories that do not rely on whoever's sitting in Congress taking $174,000 a year to do very little except tweet. Yeah. And uh, I would love for us to realize not only that there are other people who don't get all the limelight who are actually achieving these victories, but also that they are highlighting the issues that actually matter to Americans. Like the fact that school choice has really exploded onto the scene as one of the key issues for people has shown that parents are a massive voting block. That's how... Virginia has a Republican governor right now. It's because parents were motivated to become a voting bloc. The answer is there for conservatives right now. So instead of maybe voting alongside Democrats in favor of gun control bills or amnesty for immigrants, we should be focusing on how to win right now and electing people who want to win rather than just keep themselves in office and keep themselves paid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't want to complain today. <laughs> this, this is a celebratory <laughs> podcast today uh, for a million you reasons. Wrong, you got the wrong guest on for that, Brady. <laughs> but I, 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 we do have to mention the uh, the Never Trump people. They were, I get, were, you know, former Republicans, former right wingers. I don't think many of these people would consider themselves right wing or conservative or Republican anymore. But uh, our boy David French was celebrating Roe v. Wade being overturned on Friday, and no, no, nope, I don't. <laughs> nope, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to do that, bud. <laughs> not allowed to do that, pal. I mean, look, if you voted for Hillary Clinton and opposed Amy Coney Barrett's nomination to the Supreme Court, which David did both, you don't get to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I mean, old boy spent years trying to prevent this from happening. This happened in spite of petty small men like David French. And I don't want to hear from these people right now. This is our time, man. Like, I made the political... I'm a freaking radical libertarian. And I made the political calculation, vote for Republican senators, vote for Donald Trump, because I want to see some of these things get done and it worked out. Okay, I made that political calculation. He didn't. This day's for us, man. (laughs) This is... Like, this doesn't happen without tens of millions of people voting for Donald Trump and David French and Jonah Goldberg and these people tried to prevent this from happening. If they got their way, this none of this would have happened. Okay? New Yorkers wouldn't be able to carry guns. Roe v. Wade would never be overturned if David French got his way. So, kindly go away forever, David French. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, this, this proved him wrong and proved me right. Okay? It proved me right. I said, look, I'm a lesser of two evils kind of guy. I'm voting for Trump. I got on this podcast and endorsed him and told my audience to vote for Donald Trump, and it worked out. It worked out. I was right. You were wrong, David. Just sit sit on that. Just <laughs> like go home and rethink your life. You were wrong. Everything he believed was wrong. His tactics were wrong. Everything he said was wrong. Every single word he said he wrote for years was wrong. You don't get to celebrate. You are not allowed to celebrate this victory. This victory is not yours. It's ours, but it's not his. 
I'm, I, well, I, I don't want to hear from these people, man. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm so over these people. It's not even funny. Well, the problem with a lot of political commentators is that they, they make a profit on claiming to be right at all times. And they think that their reader base or the people who might be aware of their stuff are dumb. And so they can just reinvent themselves as needed. And so it becomes not a matter of, yes, I was right, I was wrong. Especially if, if something like Ro, Roe v. Wade being overturned can't prove that you were wrong and you can't admit that, then <laughs> you don't really care about anything. But there's, there's no benefit to admitting you're wrong anymore. I think there are political commentators like you or I who have admitted we're wrong on certain issues. And then there are others who their entire identity is based on just being the counter argument to whatever the mainstream conservative point is. So when Trump became the mainstream, they identified by being anti-Trump. They're so nailed down to that particular post that they can never change. It doesn't matter how reality changes around them. I almost feel sad for them, honestly. This is David French, March 30th, 2016, at the corner over at National Review. Headline, quote, as nominee, Donald Trump would do incalculable damage to the pro-life cause. <laughs> Whoops. Just, just batting a thousand, David. <laughs> just batting a thousand over there, huh? <laughs> Kevin Williamson over at National Review said, um, he, I, I'm paraphrasing, I actually don't have it in front of me. Uh, I should have should have saved that tab. <laughs> but um, his, his he, he, I think he wrote it yesterday, and his whole, like, his premise, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was ridiculous. Um. I might even be selling short how ridiculous it was. But it was something along the lines of, yeah, just because all of this happened doesn't mean that I was wrong about Donald Trump this whole time. <laughs> it's like, dude, what? Like, how do you, what kind of pretzel do you have to twist your prefrontal cortex into to arrive there? I mean, it's like, guys, just, it's okay. I admit that I'm wrong all the time. We, we mess up. Okay? Like, it happens. Why can't these people just admit it? Why, we have, th- this is, it, this is all the evidence anybody would ever need. The, the most like Trump skeptical or Republican skeptical people on the face of the earth. The evidence is clear. It's laid out before you. My goodness. Well, also, it's fine to admit you're wrong when all of politics is just gambling. You're gambling on whether you think one person is better than another. No one knows anything is going to happen. And if they tell you they know, they're, they're lying to you. No one knows anything. We all thought that Bo, uh, the Biden would be far more moderate than he turned out to be, at least in the first year or two. It doesn't mean you're necessarily wrong. It's just you miscalculated the information you had in front of you. I understand people being anti-Trump early on or believing that he wasn't going to be pro-life because he was pro-choice his entire life. I mean, I find it very unlikely that he hasn't paid for at least one abortion, for example. I would be willing to bet that he has. But again, it doesn't really make a difference when we look at the actual outcome. It's one thing to say, yes, I was right or wrong. But what matters is the outcome, that Trump is a huge part of this massive victory for the conservative movement. The fact that you can't just set aside your own ego and say, like, oh, this is fantastic. Yes, I was wrong, but who cares? It's, I'm glad I was wrong. <laughs> it's, like a, it's a good thing to be wrong. The outcome is this amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, just pay attention to anybody who claims to be on the right who isn't celebrating this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, a lot of these people, maybe maybe they were all... Um, Bill Crystal's the whole time, you know, maybe they weren't actually, I mean, cause you look at Bill Crystal, it's, it's crystal clear now, pun intended that Ha-ha. he was never, he was never a conservative. He was never a Republican. Yeah. It was just the Republicans loved war and he loves war. So he just, the Republicans were the war party and 
So he went along with all the pro-life stuff. He went along with the cutting taxes stuff when he never actually believed any of that. Um, you know, he just wanted to bomb brown people. And, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't just Bill. Maybe it was a lot of them. Maybe David French is a guy like that, too, um, which is a little surprising because he was a constitutional lawyer, you know, once upon a time. But, you know, maybe these people just like war. Maybe they just liked George Bush. Maybe they just wanted that um, brand of right-wing politics, if you can even call it that. Um, and then once the Republicans ceased being the war party, um, or at least exclusively the war party, they just jumped ship, you know? Like, the, the neoconservatives in the 60s and 70s were Democrats um, who, who, who switched over. Um, so maybe that's just the lot of them. Maybe none of them actually believed what they were preaching for decades. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, or maybe it's just actual derangement. Maybe, maybe they just Trump actually physically broke their brains, and they've just <laughs> lost the ability to reason. Like I don't know, may, may, or maybe a combination of all of all of all of those options. I'm not sure. I think this issue spreads beyond them. I think there's a huge number of people. Um, a lot of a lot of them will be very well known, who are political commentators who don't actually really believe anything. I think a lot of them, it's just they wanted to be entertainers. They wanted to be famous in some way. This happened to be the avenue that was available to them. And so they took full advantage. I don't think a lot of them have particularly strong principles. I think a lot of them will twist and turn and slowly change based on whatever is popular at the time. I think it's down to us and an audience more generally to try and pick out people who have principles that they're willing to admit they're wrong. Because there are a lot of people who will change their principles, but they'll never admit their original position was wrong. I think that's a very key part of changing is admitting you're wrong. And for people who just want to be famous through the avenue of politics, they don't really like admitting they're wrong because then maybe people wouldn't adore them quite so much. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But enough complaining, my friend. It's a good day. It's a good week. Um, let's keep it rolling, man. <laughs> let's keep it, I mean, I think I think uh, the Supreme Court session's almost over. I think there's only... I mean, the Braun case was this morning. I think there's only, what, three or four more, and I don't know if any of them are off to check. Um, but I don't think any of them are, are super consequential. Um, but I, I may be wrong. But, yeah, man, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I can't... I just, just one more time, because it is incredible. And I know you and I have both made this point multiple times <laughs> in the last hour, but it's like all of these victories in the most bizarre time. The timing is... It could not be more bizarre. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the most hard-left administration in the history of the country, at least since Woodrow Wilson. And and we're, we're seeing these massive victories. And there's not a darn thing that the Democrats can do about it. And just one more point before I let you go. Seeing Hillary Clinton, and, and it was satisfying seeing Barack Obama you know, coping and seething over this too, but Hillary Clinton specifically always struck me as like you know I I'm like I said anarchist over here I don't I don't like any politicians but um she just always struck me as like a a step above in terms of just depravity <laughs> just mm -hmm. like of just wickedness you know like a truly bad person that just makes me uncomfortable to hear her speak um and you know somebody like that just wanted to be pre I mean she since she was a little girl all she wanted to do is rule the world yeah, you know, like she, I don't know if she wanted to be president. She probably just wanted to be queen, you know, or emperor. I mean, it's, Hail to the Chief was playing in the the uh, delivery room when her mom was giving birth. Okay, like this this person, <laughs> her entire life was obsessed with power, and she was sitting on her couch with her cats and her box of wine, utterly powerless to stop anything from happening, and that is just. 
America's already great, my brother. <laughs> like, that is just a beautiful... <laughs> it's just beautiful that this monster, this tyrant, was just deprived of all authority and power and had nothing. She could do nothing as Roe v. Wade was overturned. I think that is just beautiful. Um, and it gives me it gives me hope that, uh, I don't know, this republic might actually survive a little while. Well, I think one thing we should realize that Hillary Clinton wasn't, you know, born in a delivery room. She was hatched from an egg. <laughs> so then that's, that's important to remember. But again, it's just, I think you hit the nail on the head yet again, how amazing the American system is you can still have a moral outcome despite the most despotic, narcissistic, immoral people being in power, whether politically or culturally, because there are a ton of people right now who control the culture, Hollywood, people in Washington, just the most horrendous people on earth. And yet we're still making strides in the right direction. And I think that's testament to the Constitution more than anything else. Absolutely. Ian, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. Um, unfortunately, I mean, obviously, you'll be back on the podcast soon, I'm sure. And I'm sure... Uh, Let's just enjoy this one because you know, who knows sure. who knows if we're going to have anything positive to talk about <laughs> next time. But today's a good one. Everybody celebrate. Drink a beer with lunch. You know, whatever whatever you got to do. Um, it, it's a good day. It's a good week. Everybody take time to celebrate. Ian, my brother, where can everybody read your stuff, subscribe to your Substack, follow you online, all that good stuff? Yeah, the best place to find me is on all social media, I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. You can subscribe to my Substack over there. I have a daily column and... Yeah, check me out over there. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Oh.